She's a doctor. Hi, I'm Dr. Derbeck. And she's a dietitian. Hey, I'm Hannah Schuyler. And together we are the, the Doctor Dietitian Collab. Alrighty, my friends. We're already rolling our R's here. <laughs> we are getting kind of crazy here because we are doing a very special episode today called Keep Calm and Get Your Freak On. Yes, all about sex, love, and weight loss. Oh, my goodness. So this is somewhat of a lesser discussed topic, I would say, in our bariatric community. But I think it's one that we're just going to blow the roof off and, like, let's just go there. Yeah. We're professionals. Yeah. And sex is important. Very important. And I'm going to talk about um, a lot of things from uh, just the the gut-wrenching sadness and the exciting and the fun and all of the things in between. So we're going to start off and I'm just going to go for it and talk about some of the very brave patients that I have, both men and women, where, again, I open every initial consultation the same way. And that is, why are you here? Why do you want this? Why now? And Typically, this isn't the very first thing, but as they kind of start talking and I'm listening and they're getting more vulnerable, they're feeling more comfortable, they kind of, you can almost see their eyes are not really even looking at the phone. Sometimes they're almost just like, they're going into those inner depths of their brain and they're just like letting it all out. Those things that you internalize so and hold so close to you, you, I'm, I'm sort of like this confidant that I am bound by privacy to just listen. Just listen. And I'll tell you, never fails that when a person starts to talk about the way they really feel and the way they feel when um, they'll say, I just don't feel like I can get intimate with my partner. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, and they always cry. And I always like, I, I tear up too a lot with it because I'm just like, man, that, again, that took a lot of courage yeah. to say that and to feel that, that like, I, I don't feel attractive. I don't feel like getting physically intimate. I want the lights out. I don't like, I feel like when they touch me in a certain place, like they're, all I can think of is they're like rubbing their hands on a fat roll. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I mean, I feel like we've all felt that way a little bit at times. Like, I don't care if you're Giselle or, you know, a supermodel or whatever. Like, I think, you know, after you eat or side, like you, you right. feel, you don't feel sometimes, you're not always yourself. <laughs> like, there's that. And it's it is hard to admit that. It is. And and like you said, I think everybody has that that spot maybe or that moment of like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. And and to think about that being so much of what you're thinking about in that moment, which is not what you should be thinking about. You know, you, that's yes. not where the focus should be. And it's that is hard to come back from, though. You know, if you get out of that moment, it can be hard to get back into it. And even if your partner has never expressed that mm-hmm. or truly they don't feel that way, it's it's about how you feel about it, mm. I think. Without a doubt. And it's it's also something that can lead to couples just not having sex at all, not being intimate whatsoever. Um, I'll, I'll hear patients that, you know, they're, they're married and oh, I've been married for 20 years. We have, you know, teenage kids, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't think I've had sex with my husband in five years. You know, I, I, I mean... Maybe longer time frames. Maybe it's um, and it's something that then it puts 
I think it puts a major fork in a relationship that likely, I'm sure at some point there was intimacy, there was a physical attractiveness there, you know, especially if you're in a long-term committed relationship with that person. And then I do believe that there is a lot of shift towards an obsession of, well, am I good enough? And do they have a wondering eye? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always this risk of the thought of constantly like, I think it's fine, but I mean, I haven't had sex in five years and I wouldn't blame them. And then you start to hear that kind of thing, which is like, oh, yeah, it's really it's a it's lot really... of layers to it for sure. And that and that insecurity. And again, it's that it's that that you're putting on yourself of, you know, and maybe they and maybe they do. And like you said, maybe your partner isn't going to hold you accountable for for doing that because you you haven't been able to give them that critical part of a relationship, which it is, you know. It is critical and you have to do it. And when you were saying like sometimes when you get away from it and then time keeps passing to all of a sudden out of nowhere when you're not really quite feeling it, you don't know if they're feeling it, you don't know if they're attracted to you, you're in your head about this. And then to be like, let's have sex tonight after a five-year drought, um, that's going to take probably some extensive therapy and sitting down and having like a mediator of sorts to kind of come in to help to facilitate that discussion. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's something that, especially if it's gotten to that point where it's just not comfortable for either person. It's not, it isn't just something that usually can change overnight. Um, Very much so. And and, and also on, this, on the cheating um, subject, I do think that there are, a lot of relationships that are either ongoing and even though they've gone through that, one of the partners has cheated or maybe it was a relationship ending thing. And sometimes that is the catalyst for one of the two, like my partner cheated on me and they left me. And it's this like horrifically low, low. And how do you pick up the pieces? And then the divorce gets disgusting and nasty and gnarly. And it's just really, really hard. And then to turn around and decide that, you know what, I'm going to get me a revenge body. And I'm actually, even beyond that, forget that person, I'm going to start to maybe, you know what, maybe I am going to start to take care of myself in this way or like look into bariatric surgery. Yeah. And I do think also there's probably people out there that are kind of held, I don't want to say captive, but like held back in a relationship. And that finally is the thing that it ends. And they're like, finally, like, oh, I'm myself again. And now I can start to move Mm -hmm. on and be myself in this different way. Yeah, there's all these stages of grief, I think, with a relationship ending. It's it's the end of something. It's almost like the death of something. Something is a loss and you have to grieve that. And there's those stages of anger and resentment and honestly, almost acceptance at the end of this whole thing. And Once you get past this other person and sort of, especially if it was a toxic relationship or an abusive relationship and all of that dynamic, especially if it's a physically abusive thing, like how do you first remove yourself? Second, mentally start to heal. Third, all right, let me pick up the pieces and start to rebuild my own life. Yeah. Yeah. And man, I mean, that's not easy. And I Mm -hmm. think that, you know, a lot of our patients, again, gosh, I mean, when you hear these stories of trauma, some real trauma, whether it be with a partner that betrayed them mentally, abused them, or even being a child of a victim of something horrible, you know, and how do you, especially if you're a victim of of sexual um, abuse, rape, incest, something when you were young and then, you know, 
maybe you used food to cope and that's been your your healing mechanism because I've also heard from a lot of my patients that you know ultimately I eat because it's like a defense it's like a layer of defense where I feel like um if I'm unattractive or if I this is like my shields like my physical shield that nobody will find me desirable and therefore I will be protected from someone violating me yeah and man that's um you know, it's just so wrong that someone could could violate you in that way and have that that post traumatic stress from all of that. And we help patients, you know, get through that. And I think that like someone like you, Hannah, is is just a lot more than just a dietitian because people feel comfortable to open themselves up to you and to um I mean, man, like when someone tells you that story, we're no longer like doctor patient, dietitian patient. Again, we're just connecting on this like just deep and real emotional level. Yeah. And I think a lot of it too is like taking taking your own power back. Mm. And and when you can feel like you've gotten to a point where I can I can drop my shield, I can get the armor off or, you know, maybe that person, you know, especially in those cases, maybe that person has finally been removed from your life in some way. And you're like, all right, I know now I'm safe um, and now I can do this. And, and so, yeah, coming to us and coming with a bunch of that vulnerability, it's so brave. And mm. so, you know, it's 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 incredible when people are able to do that. And I think that that you know, and it happens a lot. And then kind of going back, you know, to the sex and relationship thing, there's also the physical side of of ability with sex, would you say? Like, definitely. I mean, yeah, there is. And I think, you know, let's talk about it. Sometimes um, maybe you can have sex, but it's not decent sex. It's like, it doesn't feel good. Um, let's talk about men, a man first. Like we're, you know, this is not just about women. This is about men. And I have a lot of men when you have extra fat, again, we've talked about it messes with your, um, your sex hormones. And that includes testosterone and testosterone is responsible for sex drive. And the, if a man can have low T, low testosterone, you see that on the commercials, that's how they, they describe it. And sometimes it's, low enough that they don't have enough sex drive to really even obtain an erection and therefore they need to have like a testosterone injection or a supplementation of it to be able to do that. The testosterone levels will naturally increase as you lose weight. And so it gives you that. And as well, it it, it also has to do with like you said, the physical ability to, to to have sex. It is a physical act. It is. And it's a cardio act. And you see, um, I mean, you see this all the time. I mean, they make light of it in movies and things like that. This older man's with this younger woman and he's going for it. And then um, he dies in the act of having sex because it's sort of like that weekend warrior. I'm, I'm going to accidentally throw a clot here and I included a cardiac artery and Oh, coronary artery, and there we go. But, um, but there you do have to be decently in shape to do it. And um, I'm not saying that all of our patients, of course. I mean, some of them have very active sex lives. Yeah. Very, um, in fact, I I get questions all the time. When can I have sex again after surgery? And I always tell them, I'm like. You, as the woman, you can um, use me as an excuse for as long as you want. I mean, I don't yeah. care. But the answer is you can have sex the next day if you feel up for it. I don't know, like, how many people would really feel up for having sex after surgery. But ultimately, um, listen to your body. And just like any other physical activity, you just slowly advance as tolerate. Yeah. I get all kinds of crazy questions about um, sex. And let's talk about even more. So there's the 
having the sex life before surgery and then after surgery, um, I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it is your sex life is going to probably improve, I think, first from the physical and then, um, you know, let's just put it out there. Some people are very concerned, well, will I just have loose skin? And will that make me feel, instead of voluptuous, maybe I feel like, oh, this is, this isn't a good look either. And um, I think, I mean, I think that that will surprise you that that won't bother you as much. Or, and if it does, of course, there's options for body contouring or what have you about that. But I also think that um, sometimes there is a real transfer of addiction from maybe food to sex. I have some people are like, I can't stop having sex after surgery. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy to think about that because it's not generally one of the addictions that comes to mind, you know, in, in general with people. It's like sex addiction. But sex and, addictions and again, are real I after think, weight loss surgery. And I do think, too, again, always looking at hormone shifts and all of that, and that changes with the weight loss. And I think a lot of people just start really feeling themselves after weight loss, mm. you know, and they feel just like – you know, during their day to day, they're more confident. And so then they get in there, you know, in, at night, they're in, like in their lingerie and they're like, I am feeling myself or they'll go and, you know, you see a lot of people do like boudoir shoots yes. and, you know, just like really embracing their new body, even loose skin or, you know, maybe they're still have some excess weight that they're trying to get off, but they're like loving themselves in that moment. And I think all of that just like feeds back into itself. Oh, yes. I actually love, love when I see a patient like, and even like just bravely blasting it on social media publicly for all to see. I'm like, you are, I'm just, I mean, oh, you're the epitome of why we do this. It's just like, you look great. I love it. You can see it in your eyes. You can yeah. see it in the like the way you're posing, and it's just it's sexy. I They're think feeling it's awesome. Themselves. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And also, just the clothes that some of our patients wear on the day to day. It's like you know, essentially, um, I see patients. Um, well, we used to do a, this in person um, patient party where you could wear anything you wanted from, <clears throat> this was in Baltimore. So some people would show up in Baltimore Ravens jerseys and some people, oh my God, there was just like boas with like strategically placed like sequins over nipples. And like, I mean, I saw some crazy stuff, but you know what? I loved it. Yes. I loved it. The, the, the feather boas and the sequins and the, and the, and the corsets. And like, I, I loved it because I didn't care what you were wearing as long as like you said, you just felt so good. And um, I think that's fantastic just to finally like just rip off this like insecurity blanket and finally like be who you are on the inside. Yeah. And I think, again, I think this can happen at any point on on the journey of weight loss. Like do this before, you know, if you're able to like get the pictures beforehand, like embrace that sexy side of you as well. Yeah. And then, you know, again, as you start to, maybe you just feel better. Maybe you feel more uh, energized and things like that. You're sleeping better. Like, I don't know if I'm not sleeping well, I'm not in the mood because like I'm tired, Yeah. you know, and like, so you're sleeping better. You're doing, you're getting out, you're doing more things. You're really living your life. You know, you're going to start to feel it. But I think it's that whole journey of it too. Yeah. And I think that, you know, maybe you don't have a partner, maybe you're not dating, maybe you're not interested in that, but, um, maybe you'll start masturbating more, you yeah, know, enjoy like, it. Just, just have fun, go for it, you yeah. know? And, and I think it's, it's okay to do that you know, touch yourself, fear yourself, and just embrace it. I yeah. think it's... Figure out what you like. Exactly. And and go for it. Now, let's talk a little bit more about 
Um, some of the things that, you know, there's, of course, we're talking a lot about the mental side of this and about the way you feel about yourself, your self-esteem, your, um, you know, just you're trying to get in your, the head of your partner. But let's talk a little bit about, um, actually, I talked a little bit about the testosterone piece, but other physical things. So there could be, you know, let's look at the women's cycle. You have um, your, your, you know, typically you have more sex drive when you're younger and that's when the body is naturally trying to make you, you know, you, you get whenever the egg is being ovulated as like when you're like, I'm really feeling this at this point and all of that sort of thing. And then you get into um, a, a time period where you're having kids and then you're recovering from the kids and maybe you're breastfeeding. And then there's uh, the standard stuff where you are um, now in menopause. And, and so I think that if you after before or after having weight loss surgery, or if you're obese, or if you're not obese, and you're just randomly listening to this episode, because what in the world are these two going to be talking about today? I'm very interested in this. Um, but if you are, if you just feel like you have no sex drive for whatever reason, you should get your hormones checked. You should see a gynecologist. You should um, see maybe even females. You, there can be some sort of like testosterone or estrogen that needs to be supplemented. Maybe your progesterone is too high. Maybe it's too low. Like So you should have a full comprehensive kind of um, a workup and also not be afraid to go into your gynecologist and to be honest. If you haven't had sex in five years, tell them because they're going to want you to. They're going to want you to, you know, do it. And let's talk about having sex and let's back it up and talk about um, maybe you're not wanting to have babies. So how do we talk about birth control before and after surgery too, which is another major, major um, topic of discussion here. It is because after after surgery, you your fertility just like really can increase. Mm. No doubt, no doubt. I'll, you know, after surgery, we have we tell them, and it's it's crazy. Like we said, that there's these sex hormones that like shift and change with even very small amounts of um, fat loss. So, in other words, I've had patients who, right after surgery, um, they're like, you know, a month post op, and they, oh my god, they got pregnant. You know, uh -huh. like yeah. I mean, it's and you might think there's no way I can get pregnant. I haven't had a period in years. I have severe PCOS. I have severe endometriosis. I have infertility of unexplained origin. You might have that stuff, but I'm telling you, we are better at helping you get fertility than even the fertility reproductive endocrinologist specialist. Can't reiterate that one enough. It's a really good way to scare your dietitian when you call and tell her because she's like, oh, no. Now that it's, it's not, it, it can be done. It can be done. But Don't you worry. make her nervous. Yes. We are <laughs> so like, please wait. Try to wait, guys. I mean, we say that you want to try to wait ideally 18 months to have a baby. Now, some of us are older, advanced maternal age, and time's a ticking on those um, ovaries and the eggs and the quality of them. And there's all kinds of ways to check that. Anti-malarian hormone checks, AMH, blah, blah, blah. That's the ovarian reserve. But there is... Um, so you can move it up to a year, but ideally you really just want to wait on that. But looking at other forms of birth control, I have heard this a lot as well, is that some patients, some people um, will be on Depo-Provera, which is a um, progesterone-only shot. And it's great. You don't get periods. Wonderful. But progesterone makes you gain weight. And I have heard, now they'll say that it's a modest weight gain of any. It's only a couple of pounds. 
But I have seen and heard some of my patients who have um, gained substantial amounts of weight from it. And I don't think it's in their head. I think that I've had patients say I've gained 50 pounds in a month after being on it. And then once it's injected into you, obviously there's not much you can do. And it it kind of tips them over the edge to even qualify for a bariatric surgery. It's like mortifying. They're young. This is like, I can't control this. And I do think that those those case studies or those one-offs are very, very real. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 always curious about that because of course like you know, we're gonna go into hormone talk here, but of course you <laughs> see all the things on like Instagram and some of it I think is just total BS, but you know, talking about on on hormonal birth control and on these things that a lot of women are. I mean, we we take them starting in our teens and twenties, and you know we put them on for different things. And I am curious about some of those things, like an IUD, like oh, you yeah. know the weight gain from those. And it is the same thing; it's all anecdotal. But um, like you know, I've had my a, a roommate that had experience with that. She gained a bunch. She got an IUD and she gained like twenty or so pounds. And could, she was a dietitian. Like she was, yeah. she was very nutritionally like focused in her life because of other things too. And like she could not lose this weight. She got the IUD out and it like just dropped off. Wow. And it was like, well, they're going to say on the website that no, that doesn't happen. Yeah. No, I think that that's, that's a big thing. And so then you're, you're on birth control. It can mess with your hormones. Maybe you don't have as much sex drive and then you gain weight and then you feel not sexy. And I was like, ah, you know, feedback loop, the feedback loop here. I mean, it can be intense. So, you know, looking, um, more about, um, just like long-term relationships and dating after having bariatric surgery before having surgery and after surgery, um, and how, you know, that that ultimately um, is is impacted again by your confidence and all of that. But um, what do you think about um, when a patient has had surgery, they're not completely open with it, they're dating, maybe they're on a dating site. I mean, I met Aaron on Match.com, so I don't even know what exists anymore. But let's say they're on they're, there. They're apps now, Betsy. Oh, they're apps? They're yeah. not sites anymore. No. <laughs> oh, my God. I think Match.com still exists. But I bet they have an app. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's say you're on old Match.com, the app, okay? And <laughs> and so they're on there, and, um, and then you go out on a date. Like, what do you – like – how what do you think about that that conversation about like I'm sure the patients are like I have these little incisions like what if they ask what if they see if I have some loose skin what like how how do you feel like that dynamic goes about like telling your partner before or after or ever um, yeah. that you had the surgery you know I I like to think that if I I haven't had surgery so I can't speak definitively of how I would feel but I like to think that I would probably be pretty open about it so I I would. You know, because I think also, you know, if you're thinking about a date, it's probably going to start with a meal or a drink or something like that. And you may have to have that conversation a little bit earlier on. Um, Granted, everybody's on a weird diet nowadays. So I think (laughs) that you can just explain it away pretty easily. Yeah. Um, But I think, you know, if you're getting to that point with somebody and maybe it's the first night you've met and you're getting to that point with them, like hats off to you. Um, One, I think if, if somebody is lucky enough to be with you 
and you both are interested parties in this in this sex transaction. It's a terrible way to say it. But, oh my god! <laughs> um, if you're transactional both in, sex, in, yes, <laughs> that's real. But um, yeah, that is true. Uh, yeah, I think that if you're if you're both interested, like they're into you for some reason, and so like. Honestly, if they have a problem with, like, your little incisional scars, like, that's their problem. Yes. That's not your problem. But if you feel comfortable, you know, and, and also they don't even need to know what kind of surgery that was for. I mean, these can look like they don't know. That could be, like, your gallbladder yeah. got out. Nobody knows where little tiny surgery scars are. But I just also think, like, people are so – again, I think we're always more self-conscious of our own bodies. Mm. And we're all so much, you know, like, oh, gosh, they're going to see this. They're going to see that. And, like – they don't like they're not noticing that because you know what they're excited that they get to have sex and yeah. they think that you're attractive <laughs> they're into you like they're in that moment and so i think that sometimes it's just like that letting go of it and, and really just like getting out of your own head yes. which is really hard and you know for some people especially like you know if you have something like ADHD or something where you are really in your own head all the time like that can be really difficult but like take it a minute and be like you know what they think i'm hot we're here like let's enjoy it yes let's enjoy it i mean that's the thing i'm watching all of these um reality shows and these random people and they're like i'm in love with you and it was like you know it's been 24 hours yeah. and then they're like you know they're having sex and all of those things and that's you know often without the emotional connection so i do think that it's super important um if you're in a rut if you're in something that seems like is a lot more than a rut like this is like really tough um I do think that you having a couples therapy or just like talking it out, boy, that's hard though. Um, but I, I think that like, like if you went really, I heard this awesome podcast once about marriages and they say that typically you will have two to three amazingly different relationships in your life. And oftentimes it's with the same person. So I don't think that after, um, you know, there could be like, Part one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's when we are in this mindset, this age group, these considerations. Part two, who says you can't reinvent the relationship, the rules of engagement, um, your sex life? Maybe, um, you know, you, you'll start to insert date nights. Now the kids are a little bit older. You get in a babysitter. You're investing in that relationship. I don't know. There's like a million things that um, talk it out, like as yeah. weird as it is, like pop it open a bottle and like, all right, let's calm down here. And let's like, let's, let's talk about where we are because this cannot be a taboo thing, you know? Exactly. And and that's the problem. It's just not so often it is taboo and it's not talked about. And then when you put stigma of weight and you put all these other things into the picture or issues with, you know, with sex drive and stuff, and maybe it isn't, it's not even you and your partner that are not compatible. It's just like physically your body isn't like, in that have that ability and so like yeah Yeah. i think that's like the first step is to to have that conversation of like well why hasn't it been happening what's the deal is it that you're not attracted and most likely that's not the the answer is not going to be like yeah no i'm not attracted to you anymore it's most likely something else Mm -hmm. you know and and so i think it is important to like start with that conversation no doubt no doubt and i think um Again, man, this all takes a lot of courage. It's all, like, weird and, like, a little squirmy to talk about. Um, 
But it's part of being a human. It is. And it's an important part of being a human. It is. Because it's important in relationships. It's also how babies are made. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, it, it serves like a very real purpose. But then I think from an emotional standpoint, from a relationship standpoint, from like a go out and live your life standpoint, like it's a very important part of of life. And I just want to um, say to my infertility warriors, I see you and I feel you. And, I, you know, often we'll get patients who come in, these women who are just doing everything in their power to try to have babies. And they'll say, you know, I have to come here because my BMI is over 40 or whatever the cutoff is. And therefore, I'm not a candidate for IVF. And so I have to lose weight first. And I always think, I mean, they say it. it's, it's very just Typically, it's like matter of fact. Okay, this is what my fertility specialist told me. And if I want to have a baby, this is how I'm going to get it. But you have to realize that there's probably years of trying to have a baby and and going through the every 28-day cycle and having sex, obviously, and trying these different positions and keeping your legs up and being laying here for a long period of time and putting a pillow under your butt and doing everything you can and only to find out, okay, this is not working. And then to be told that this thing that typically is just like an intimate thing and it works and you have a baby, um, no, you're too heavy. So it's like, great. I mean, I already don't feel very sexy and now it's being on full blast that because I'm so heavy, I can't even um, have a child and I can't even be a candidate for IVF. And I mean, I just feel like the already the layer of the emotional toll that all that takes on you. Mm-hmm. And then you put onto it that now you're, you're being told medically, like matter of fact, like you need to lose weight. And it's like, I don't want to be overweight. I want to have a baby. Like I'm trying to, it's just, it's just, it's just, Oh, I feel you. I'm super empathetic to you on that one. It's just, I always, that's my, if you want to know who my favorite patient is, is that one. It's the one that comes in, has the weight loss surgery, gets pregnant, doesn't ever have to see that IVF um, physician again, especially if they were rude, because sometimes it's like, it's so sensitive and it's just the delivery of that message. Like, yeah, I know it, but hearing it like, oh, your nail hurts or your knee hurts or your, um, you can't get pregnant. Well, you're too heavy for that. Like, oh, it just constantly like plays on your psyche. Yeah. And that, and always, again, it's always that feedback loop too. And so I, I just think like, it's just like, you know, when it comes to sex and it comes to weight loss and it comes to all of the things that come from that fertility, like a lot of times it's kind of like let go a little bit and and evaluate like why am I feeling this way? Obviously, if it's infertility and there's like a medical reason why you, you can't. But I think sometimes having that perspective of like or if you're not getting intimate with your partner of like, like, all right, we're going to have a conversation and we're going to find the root of this. And also I'm going to like put a little bit less pressure on it. And maybe it's not perfect mm. the first time that we go back to it or, you know, it takes us some some figuring out. But again, wherever you are in that stage, like respecting yourself and, um, you know, trying to respect your body and listen to what it wants and what it needs, mm. I think is just really important. So true. And I think, you know, if you go to a sex therapist or if you just don't, experiment too. Like, yeah. again, bring vibrators into the scene, bring other like sex toys and there's parties and those things sell out and they're wild and they're funny and everyone's like, oh, we're like, what's this now? And yeah. you know, like, <laughs> then you go in that little room and you're like, okay, wait, what was that one? Yeah, yeah, I know, exactly. Like being uninhibited to do that and be like, oh, I don't want anyone to even think about me having sex. I'm so repulsive. Like 
Stop it. You have needs and desires. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, my mom did not. (laughs) No, stop it right now. Okay, we got to change this subject and quick. See, this is why people have problems. I know. I know. I know. Oh, my God. I know. It is like it's a little squirmy. It is squirmy. But again, I think think you get into those spaces with that intimate partner, you know, and, and you do. You have to make it that comfortable space. You don't want it to be like while you're in the drive through, you're having this conversation, you know, take time, put it on the schedule. And sometimes I know even for people, scheduling sex works really well. I was going to say that. I thought you would mock me. No, because like your lives get so busy and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's and it doesn't even have to be the five years. It's like, oh, it's been two weeks. Like, how did that happen? Like, because you were doing this. I was doing this. This was happening. Like I was out of town, you know, like. All of a sudden. Did you ever see that meme that says um, typically is like December 5th or something? And it'll say the average um, person has sex 57 times in a year. And then they'll write, it's going to be a wild December. Yeah. I mean, there's all of that. You know what I think we need to do? I think we need to have um, our first official merch. And it'll be sex toys with Dr. X Dietitian on it. What do you think? <laughs> we'll, we'll, um, we'll table that one for now. We'll brainstorm. <laughs> We're going to have the first ever bariatric community sex toy party. Okay. I think that's a good one. Okay. We could. I mean, and I bet you that thing would sell out. It would be wild. It would be fun. And it would yeah. be like freeing because that's all what this is about. You guys have one life to live. We all yeah. got it. We all have a side to us. Like, don't act like you don't if you're listening. Every single one of us is like, okay, I hear you. I see you. You're yeah. fun. Dr. D, I didn't know you had that in you. Yeah. Yeah, we can. We can. Awesome. Well, whoa, this one's been this one's been hot. That was spicy. A little spicy from the Dr. Oh. X Dietitian collab here. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks all, as always for joining us today. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed all of that. And please check us out at our website, drxdietitian.com. Find us on Instagram at drxdietitian. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.